Those sunglasses are tinted red. He sees you through the blood. He deals with you through the blood. God looks at you and says, righteous, sanctified, justified, glorified. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Sometimes in the back of our minds, we unknowingly agree with the enemy who is condemning us. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series on disarming your giants with a look at how to disarm the giant of condemnation. We all know what the Bible says about Christ's forgiveness. Through his blood, all of our sin and its attendant guilt is washed away. Yet living the reality of that on a day-to-day basis is not so easily done. We easily slip into the condemnation trap and allow the enemy to beat us down with reminders of all our mistakes and shortcomings. And in today's message on Life Talk, we're going to look at how to disarm the giant of condemnation and truly walk in the peace and fulfillment of God's forgiveness. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Disarming the Giant of Condemnation. The Old Testament is a type and a figure of what we experience in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when they were taking the promised land, every city they took, and they took a bunch of them, with each one they had to defeat giants. There was an obstacle with every level they took up. Now, I believe that we're going to another level here in the church, and many of you are going to new levels in your Christian walk, so I don't want you to be shocked and amazed that you're encountering giants. Anybody in here dealing with a giant? Let me see your hand. Well, that's most of you. I must have heard God on this one. So we've talked about the giant of anger, the giant of offense, the giant of anxiety. And now today we're going to talk about overcoming, disarming the giant of condemnation. So let's read a verse you know. And since you know it so well, let's read it together out loud. Preach it to me, okay? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Isn't that good? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today, and that it's living, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that it will pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow And it will discern the thoughts and intentions and motivations of our heart. And it will change us, rearrange us, renew us, renovate us, put us on the right track and give us victory over this giant of condemnation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was talking to some pastors this morning. And we were talking about how today is a triple whammy. It is daylight savings time. So... What happens with a church like ours and multiple services, you see people walking in around 10 o'clock with a funny look on their face. 
How many of you kind of went through a little bit of a shock when you saw what time it was today? And you had it best. You're in the late service. But we were saying there was daylight savings time. Spring break began. So a lot of families are out with their kids. And then the pastor friend of mine, Texarkana, said it was raining. So I said, but here's the deal. God always gives a pearl on a day like this. There is a pearl in every service. And we're going to walk away with a pearl of blessing. And I believe that. Amen? Amen. Now, let's talk about condemnation a little bit. This is a very real battle. A lot of Christians who have been forgiven by God walk around feeling condemned. There's a sense of floating condemnation. They can't even put their finger on why they feel this way, but they do. It's a floating anxiety, a floating guilt. Say, what are you feeling guilty about? Well, I don't know. I just feel guilty. It's condemnation. And that's not the will of God. There is therefore now no condemnation is the truth of God's word to those who are in Jesus Christ. But a lot of believers live under this. Their thoughts wander to failures from the past. You're driving down the highway and all of a sudden you're meditating on what you've done wrong in the past. And you're getting lower and lower with each passing minute. And you don't realize that the thoughts you're thinking are not really your thoughts but they are being planted there by the enemy of your soul. And I'm going to deal with that later in the message. But you're thinking this way, or you have a sense, sort of a lingering sense of not having lived up, not living up to what God wants for you, not living up to what God has for you, uh, not living up to his standard. You would be amazed at how many people are not in churches all over America today because they wake up and they don't feel worthy to go to church. They're saved. If they were to die, they'd go straight to heaven. But they feel like they're just not living up to the standard. They're not living up to what God expects. And so they have condemnation. And condemnation keeps them home. Condemnation will drive you out of the Word of God. Condemnation will ruin your prayer life. Condemnation will take away your boldness in Christ. You will not do much for the glory of God if you are condemned. If you're feeling condemned. It says the righteous are bold as a lion. That means when your conscience is clear, you are bold to witness for Jesus Christ. If you read 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19, Paul is telling Timothy about how a clear conscience is a key to successful warfare. You will not win in warfare without a clear conscience. So the devil has a reason for making people feel condemned. Now, I want you to know something today. God never condemns his children. So well, he's condemned me, Pastor Jeff. No, no. If it's condemnation, God did not condemn you. God convicts, but God does not condemn his children. Thank God we're under conviction, not condemnation. If you're under condemnation, real condemnation, you're going to hell. We're not under condemnation. We're in Christ Jesus. So we are dealt with by conviction, but not condemnation. Now, there is a huge difference between conviction and condemnation. Here's what condemnation does. Condemnation points out your failures, how badly you've messed up. The devil can just make you feel one foot high. Condemnation will give you what I call tuckhead. You know what tuckhead is? It's when you're talking to somebody, if they've got tuckhead, that means they won't look you in the eye. They're staring at the ground. They're looking around, but they won't look you in the eye. Because they feel guilty, they feel condemned, and praise God, 
When you get saved and the blood washes you of your sin, it delivers you from tuckhead. You look people in the eye. You hold your head high. You know that you're a child of God and there's no more condemnation on you. You're free in him. Conviction is the opposite of condemnation. Here's what conviction is. Conviction is when we are sorry for our sins. We sorrow that we have hurt and offended a holy God. That's conviction. Conviction is, oh, I really sinned and it broke my fellowship with God. It hurt God. That's conviction. Many of you are going to experience conviction in this sanctuary today. And it's going to be because the Holy Spirit is convicting you to bring you closer to God. David confessed to God. Watch this. He said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. He was concerned about, now he had hurt a lot of people. David's sin hurt a lot of people, but his first concern was vertical. I have hurt God. And Lord, I know that ultimately the worst of the sin that I've committed is that I have hurt you. So Lord, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And real conviction, when somebody starts to get convicted so that they are saved, they repent and turn to Christ, that real conviction is something that hits you where you say, I've got to get right with him. I need to settle the score with him. I need to get right with the living God. Conviction is known in the Bible as godly sorrow. It's called godly sorrow. The Bible says that godly sorrow leads us to repentance. We're sorrowing that we've hurt God. We're sorrowing that we know our sin is separated us from God. Second Corinthians 7.10. Paul tells the Corinthian church, for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. There's two kinds of sorrow in the world. If you are convicted for your sin, you're convicted by God and you're sorrowful that you have hurt God, that leads to repentance, which leads to life. But the sorrow of the world brings no hope. There's no answer. You don't know what to do with your sin. There's no answer. There's no recourse. You're stuck in your guilt There's no relief. You can't wash it away, think it away, deny it away, reason it away, smoke it away, drink it away, because once you come down, it's still there. There's only one solution, real solution for guilt, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only solution. And so godly sorrow is conviction. And godly sorrow says, man, I'm going to get it right with God. I've got to get it right with God. Lord, Forgive me because of your blood, because I know you died on that cross for me. As you hung on that tree, my sins and the sins of the entire world were taken upon you. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me because I know that your blood was clean. It was perfect. It was righteous. It was holy. And when you come to him with your guilt, he washes it all away. Condemnation is the work of the devil, but conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, that I go back to heaven. For if I do not go away, the helper, capital H, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. And here's how you know he's arrived. 
when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. See, when you and I come under conviction, it's threefold. We are convicted over our sin. We are convicted that we do not walk in the righteousness of God. And we are convicted and convinced that judgment is coming one day. So we go, oh no, what am I going to do? And God says, I'm glad you asked that because I'll tell you what to do. See, condemnation drives you away from God, but conviction leads you toward God. You say, when you're condemned, you're like Adam in the garden of Eden. When God came looking for him, he said, Adam, where art thou? He was off hiding from God. What did his condemnation do? He was condemned and he tried to hide from God. He ran from God. It drove him from the presence of God. But conviction always brings you toward God because conviction brings an answer. Conviction brings a solution. And the solution is the blood. It doesn't leave you hopeless because condemnation brings you hopeless, leaves you hopeless and in despair. But conviction leaves you hopeful, knowing that God will forgive and restore fellowship with him. Thank God for conviction. Now, I'm going to look a little bit deeper at condemnation. I want us to understand it because we're talking about not being haunted by this thing called condemnation. Condemnation means to be judged and pronounced guilty. If you look at the word in the original language, that's what it meant. It meant it's like a judge bringing down the hammer on the gavel And he looks at you and says, guilty and punishment is on the way. That's condemnation. Condemnation means that you have strong feelings of guilt mixed with the fear of approaching punishment. And my only question today is if you're a child of God, why should you have that? You shouldn't have condemnation because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ who walk not after the flesh, that is, They weren't just born once in the flesh, but they walk according to the Spirit. They have been born of the Spirit. They have been born again. And if you've been born twice, which every person has to be to be saved, then there's no condemnation to them that are in Jesus. Now, condemnation can come from several sources. I'm going to talk about three of them real quickly. Condemnation comes from first sinful actions that result in legitimate guilt. You see, some condemnation is rightly deserved because if we've sinned against God, then we should be guilty for what we have done. Listen to what Paul said. He wrote in Romans 2.15, they, now talking about the lost world, that's the they, they, the pagan lost world, demonstrate that God's law is written in their heart. For their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them, telling them they've done wrong, or excuse them, telling them they've done right. So we have inside of us, as human beings created by God, we have a conscience. Now, it's not always perfect. A lot of times it's dull. Sometimes it's seared and it's dead because we've sinned so much we've killed it. But taken as a whole, God gave us a conscience. We has written his word in our hearts so that we know right from wrong. We know when we've done good or bad. And if we do good, that conscience is like an umpire inside of us. And it says safe. But if you do bad, that conscience says, 
out. I was talking to an agnostic woman one time. She was kind of an agnostic atheist and giving me all these reasons why she didn't believe in God. I said, let me ask you a question. You're a very moral woman. And I knew that she had a real strong ethic, a moral ethic. I said, where did you get those morals? Where did you get that sense of right and wrong that you've got? Where did you even get consciousness? When you do something wrong, how do you know you did something wrong? Where did that come from? She looked at me and said, you got me there. Because you see, it came from God. The laws demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts. They know right from wrong. So if we break God's law, then we're going to feel guilty and rightly so. So that's one source of condemnation. There's a second one. This is huge. And what I'm about to share with you, sadly, a lot of Christians live their whole life and they never fully comprehend what I'm about to share with you. And that's why they live under condemnation. Condemnation comes from an inadequate understanding of what Jesus' blood did for us. See, Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and that truth is going to set you free. Well, we think the truth is only talking about the person of Christ, that we will know him as our Savior, and that will set us free. But it's more than that. It's higher than that, deeper than that, broader than that. It means you will know the truth, everything Jesus taught and everything that is in the Word of God, and that is what will set you free. This book is a supernatural book. There's no other book like it on planet Earth. This is the only book on Earth that didn't come from Earth. And the truth in it will set you free. And one of the things we really need a revelation on is what the blood did for us. And if we can just have that go from our head to our heart, We will leave this place roaring like a mighty lion. Because it says the righteous are bold as a lion. And that means when your conscience gets totally clear and you really do know that you've been liberated and redeemed and the prison door has been opened and you have walked out, then you want to tell everything that moves that Jesus is the one that sets you free. Amen? Now, To do that, we've got to understand two kinds of truth. The Bible presents two kinds of truth. Here they are. The first kind is positional truth. The second kind is experiential truth. Can you say it with me? Positional? Experiential. Two kinds of truth. Let me tell you what they mean. Positional. Positional truth has to do with how God sees you what he has spoken over you and where he has placed you now that you are in Jesus Christ. He has totally, completely forgiven you. Now, let me give you an example of positional truth. The Bible says, we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, no, because I'm seated right here in Turning Point Church. On a Sunday morning, after daylight savings time, I made it anyway. I'm here. You are here. But let me tell you how God sees you. He sees you signed, sealed, and delivered. He sees you already in heaven, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is your position in God. So you say, well, well, when I die, then my eternal life will begin. Your eternal life has already begun. The moment you got saved, you were translated and transferred into eternal life. You are an eternally live person.
person right now. And so positionally, you are in heaven seated with Christ, but experientially, you are here right now. Here's another positional truth, and this is what we got to get a hold of. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's righteousness into us. Now, let me give you a positional truth. You're not going to believe me, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. You, if you're in Christ, are as righteous as Jesus was. You say, no, I'm not. I sin. I mess up. I make mistakes. In the eyes of God, positionally, you are as righteous as Christ. Let me put it another way. When you got saved, God put on sunglasses. S-O-N, glasses. And he never takes them off once you're saved. And those sunglasses are tinted red. He sees you through the blood. He deals with you through the blood. He declares you righteous by the blood. You are sanctified by the blood. You are justified by the blood. You are glorified by the blood. God looks at you and says, righteous sanctified, justified, glorified. Positional. It doesn't matter whether or not you feel like it. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 from another translation. Listen to this. For our sake, he made Christ to be sin who knew no sin. In all points, he was tempted like we are, yet without sin. So that in and through him, we might become endued with, viewed as being in the righteousness of God. You know why you and I are going to be raptured, those of us that are in Christ? You know why you're going to be raptured? Because when God comes to retrieve and receive the bride of Christ, when Jesus comes, he sees you as pure as the driven snow. Positionally, you are righteous. Now, if that can get from here to here, you're in great shape because then you can really walk free of condemnation. Well, thank God we don't have to carry the guilt, shame, and condemnation of our former life, including the sins we might commit in the now of our lives. You may not be aware that LifeTalk has an abundance of resources available for you at our LifeTalk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Condemnation. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff Wickwire of Turning Point Church and host of Life Talk Radio program. You know, one of the most valuable things I ever did for my ministry was getting my degree. And that's exactly why we launched Reach Bible College and Seminary at Turning Point Church. Whether you've been in ministry for years or just getting started, Reach Bible College and Seminary will help you reach your goals. 
Our affordable bachelor and master degree programs are designed to incorporate practical ministry alongside a sound theological education. So why wait until you finish your education before starting your ministry? For more information, visit us online at reachdfw.org. That's reachdfw.org. You can apply online and enroll for our next semester. That's reachdfw.org. So step out and be empowered in your ministry today. Disarming the Giant of Condemnation is the fifth message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.